All right, greetings to all of our locations and those who are listening online. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We are in the midst of a very significant season in the life of Christ's community. We are engaged in a 40-day spiritual journey together, 40 days of experiencing more of the Holy Spirit. And during this season, we are focusing in a practical way on how we can grow in our experience of the Spirit. Now, last week and today, we're talking about a a wonderful way to experience the Spirit, and that is by hearing the Spirit's voice. Just a few days ago, I was meeting with some Christian leaders, and uh, we were just sharing in a group, and one of them opened up his heart, and he just said, you know, I, I hear people talk about enjoying God and, and having this personal experience with God, but I don't, I don't really have that. I've been a Christian for years, but I don't really experience God in that personal of a way, and, and uh, in response to this man, another leader there spoke up, and he, he said, I can totally relate to that. I mean, 15 years ago, I was in exactly that same spot. Seminary trained, you know, been a Christian for years, but I didn't really feel like I experienced God. But then he said, everything changed for me when I began to realize that the Spirit of God wants to speak to me. That, that, that it wasn't just a one-way relationship, but it was a two-way love relationship. And right when he was done sharing, several other leaders chimed in and said the exact same thing. How learning to hear the Spirit's voice is a vital part of our experiencing Him personally. And so last week, we talked about how we can grow in our ability to hear the Spirit's voice for ourselves. And if you missed that message, you can listen online. Um, Also, you can check out chapters four and five of my book, More, um, which we're also kind of walking through as a church here. And those two chapters focus on how to hear the Spirit's voice. And I've gotten some emails from some of you, which is so exciting, and various stories, just hearing of uh, some of you just trying this and, and God speaking, and uh, a lot of excitement about this. So I'm really encouraged by some of the stories I'm hearing. But there's another dimension of this hearing the Spirit experience that is so incredibly cool. It is so incredibly powerful. And that's when we hear the Spirit for someone else. When we hear the Spirit for someone else. About a year ago, someone um, had been praying for me. And as they were praying for me, um, I wasn't with them. They were just praying their, their time with a few other, other um, people. Um, but as they were praying for me, a picture came to their mind. And what they saw in this picture was me standing on a bridge, like a bridge or an overpass. And I was looking over all these roads and these highways below. And there were all these roads and highways. And as I looked, one road in particular would be highlighted for me. And this person felt in their spirit that God was wanting me to know that he, even though there are lots of things going on, he is going to show me the right path in the midst of lots of options. And so this person shared this with me, and I felt so incredibly encouraged that God was going to be guiding me in the, in the leadership decisions that, that I'm facing. And, and what's, what's really awesome is that, again, that was a year ago, and I've now seen that specific picture played out in specific ways in the last few months. And so God's message to me through that person a year ago has been a great source of encouragement and it continues to be a a source of encouragement to me during this entire time. So imagine, this is one example, imagine the impact if, if all of us began to grow in our ability to hear the Spirit's voice for someone else. 
So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, there's a, there's a word used in the New Testament to describe this particular form of hearing the Spirit's voice. And yet it's a word that's often misunderstood. Um, sometimes it, it has a, even has a negative connotation for some Christians. And the word is prophecy. Prophecy. Now, when we hear this word, we may think of those guys on television, usually on late at night or whatever, but they're always talking about the end times and the book of Revelation, what's happening in Israel, and all that stuff. That's one way the word prophecy is used in the Bible as a foretelling of things, a predicting of things to come. But the Apostle Paul also uses the same word to describe what I just mentioned a moment ago. Hearing the Spirit speak to us for the benefit of someone else. So if you have your Bible or your iPad or your smartphone or whatever, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. In this particular chapter, we learn a great deal about prophecy. So look with me at the first three verses here. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. This is God's word. Okay, so notice how Paul begins. He says, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. The language Paul uses here indicates that this is something that every believer can experience. And we're going to talk about that a little later. But, and just to make sure we don't miss the point, he, he repeats this at the end of the chapter. Verse 39, be eager to prophesy. I mean, it really is an amazing ministry opportunity we can have. That's why Paul is so stoked about it here. So let's define exactly what prophecy is. Here's how I would define, or excuse me, here's how I define it in the book Prophecy is the communication of something God spontaneously brings to our awareness, resulting in a person being strengthened, encouraged, or comforted. Let me read that again. Prophecy is the communication of something God spontaneously brings to our awareness, resulting in a person being strengthened, encouraged, or comforted. So let's unpack this definition a bit. There, there, there are two, there really are two parts to this definition. First of all, prophecy involves the spontaneous receiving of something from God. The Spirit does want to speak to us, and he often does so through words or phrases or pictures or scriptures that spontaneously come to mind. And we talked a lot about this last week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But as we, as we talked about last week, our job then is to be attentive to his whisper, to the Spirit's whisper. As we pray to pay attention to these thoughts or these pictures or these phrases that that just kind of drop into our minds to see if they gain traction there in our soul. Now, sometimes people assume that prophecy and teaching are the same thing, but they're not. They are not. Teaching involves studying and and preparing a message to communicate, which which is great. That's what I'm doing right now. That's teaching. But prophecy is different. In fact, later on in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul uses the word revelation to describe prophecy. 
And it's clear, when, if you read that later, it's clear in the context that he's referring to something that God spontaneously reveals to someone. It's a prophecy. It's a revelation. It's not the result of study and preparation and preparing a message, i.e. teaching. It's something God spontaneously brings to a person's mind. As I was praying with someone just a couple weeks ago, um, and I was being attentive to the Spirit, I was praying with them right there, and they were with me, and, 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 but I was being attentive, just wanted to be quiet for a moment. As I was praying with them, um, this image came to my mind of salmon jumping upstream to return home. Now, you need to know, I haven't studied salmon. I hadn't been thinking about salmon. I haven't been to Red Lobster recently. That image, it spontaneously came to my mind out of the blue. And in the past, I would have ignored that. But now I'm trying to pay attention to those things, those kinds of things, even if initially they seem weird or fleeting. And so as I thought about that, I was just sitting there listening, I saw the picture, as I thought about that image, I felt like I knew what it meant. That this person felt like they are swimming upstream a lot of the time. And it's been challenging. But God wanted them to know that he is taking them to exactly where they're supposed to be, even if the journey is hard. Okay, so the first part of of prophecy is God spontaneously bringing something to mind for this other person, something that will encourage them, strengthen them, or comfort them, to use the words of Paul there. That's the first part. God spontaneously brings something to mind. second aspect of prophecy is is communicating what we're hearing, what, what, what we think God is saying, communicating that to the other person. It's sharing with this other person. We communicate with them what we think God is saying to us. And so in my example from a moment ago, after I got this picture and I kind of had a sense for what I thought it meant, I then shared it with this young man. Hey, as I was praying, I saw this picture. I shared with him what I, what I thought it meant and he seemed genuinely encouraged. That's prophecy. It's the spontaneous receiving of something from God and then the sharing of that with the person that we think it's meant for. Both of those things are crucial. If, if we hear something from God for another person, but we don't share it, it isn't prophecy. It's not prophecy. We've just kept it to ourselves. And the blessing gets truncated. It gets stopped because we're not sharing. This person isn't able to receive what God has for them because we didn't share it with them. Now, I totally get why we wouldn't share something with another person. I totally get why. Why we would hesitate to share something we think we're hearing. Why we would hesitate to do that. And here's the reason. What if I'm wrong? Right? What if I'm wrong? What if I didn't hear from God? What if it wasn't God speaking? You know, what if it was that National Geographic documentary about salmon that I saw in high school? You know, what if it was my own thoughts? I was trying to make something up. What if it was my own thoughts and it was not God's? You know, we're terrified. We're afraid of being wrong or of looking foolish. So we hesitate to share anything we think the Lord may be saying. Now, I totally, I totally understand this fear. And this hesitation, I, I've lived, I know, I, I've experienced this same thing when I was initially learning about this. What if, what if I'm wrong? You know, what, what if this is not from God and this it messes up this person's life or whatever? And then, I mean, this fear is, it's real. I'm acknowledging it is real and it can become a huge barrier that hinders us from even wanting to grow in this. 
And I think for some of us here, this has been the biggest barrier in this area, area for some of us here. We haven't even waded into this because of this fear. Now, I have some really, really good news for you. And I think this is going to change your entire perspective on this. You see, many of us, many of us think that to prophesy means to speak definitively for God. Thus says the Lord. In other words, we think that in order to prophesy, in order to minister in the prophetic, like I'm defining it here, in order to minister in the prophetic, we think the prophetic, we think we have to, we, we have, to have this certainty, this definite sense that God is speaking. And here's the cool news. We don't have to have that. We don't have to have that sense of divine certainty in order to minister prophetically. In fact, I think we probably shouldn't have that divine certainty. Because if we do, it tends to result in big problems. Uh, Let me explain. What's so important for us to understand is that the word prophecy in the Bible is actually used in two different ways. In the Old Testament, prophecy had divine authority. When a legitimate prophet would speak, they were speaking for God. So to, to disobey or ignore the, a prophetic word from a, from a prophet in the Old Testament was to disobey God. And this is why in the Old Testament, prophets would say things like, thus says the Lord, you need to do this and stop doing that and all that, okay, right? Thus says the Lord. They they would speak with this divine authority. That's Old Testament prophecy. But that's not how prophecy functions in the New Testament. There, There is a significant shift in the way the word is used in the New Testament. In fact, let me highlight one verse. There are many that reveal this, but one I think that's really significant is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul is writing to the, to the believers in Thessalonica, and this is what he says to them. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Okay, this is a fascinating verse. First of all, Paul is urging us to not quench the spirit. Don't put out the spirit's fire, another translation says. I mean, we we want to experience more of the spirit, right? Well, he's saying, he's pointing out a specific way this can happen. And it's related to the the ministry of prophecy. He's saying, don't quench the spirit. In other words, don't ignore the ministry of prophecy. It is vitally important in the body of Christ. It can bring much-needed encouragement and strength and comfort for people. So it's very, very important. But having said that, and I think a lot of, a lot of Christ followers, a side note here, but a lot of Christ followers, you know, we want more of the Spirit, but we, we're doing exactly what he says here. We are treating the prophecy with contempt. We are saying, nope, not going to do that. That's too weird. Not going to experience that. And we're quenching the Spirit. We're putting out the Spirit's fire. Okay, so having said all that, then notice how we are to treat prophecy. This is so important. He says, don't treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Now that word test means to use discernment, to weigh it, to evaluate whether or not it's right, whether or not it's from God. So think about what Paul is saying here. Think about what this means. Paul is saying that not every prophetic word spoken is from God. 
If they were, we wouldn't need to test them, right? See, what he's saying here is the, the one to whom a prophetic word is spoken is to test and weigh that word. They're to to discern whether or not it's from God. And then they're they're to hang on to what they feel like is from God, and then they're to let the rest go. So here is what is so cool about this, what was revolutionary for me and for so many people. This this, this truth is so revolutionary, and here's why. Because it completely takes the pressure off anyone sharing a prophetic word. It takes the pressure off. It is not our responsibility to be absolutely certain that we are hearing from God before we speak any prophetic word to another person. No. You can relax. (laughs) We can relax. You can share what you think God is saying and you can let the other person test and weigh that to see if it's from God. So this completely takes the pressure off of us. When we hesitate to share something for fear of being wrong, we're forgetting the nature of New Testament prophecy. It does not have divine authority like it did in the Old Testament. It doesn't. It is not a thus saith the Lord kind of pronouncement. In fact, when people do that, when people you know, make these authoritative prophetic declarations saying, thus says the Lord, or, or God said to me, you know, that is a huge red flag for me and it should be for any of us when someone says it that way it is a huge red flag because they're completely out of line they're completely out of line saying that and here's why how can you test and weigh something like that I mean if, if someone says to me God told me you're supposed to quit your job and move to Florida God told me that that leaves no room for me to, to evaluate that word who can disagree with God if God told you that, I can't test and weigh that. It's so spoken with that kind of authority. That is not how prophecy is to function, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. A genuine prophetic word gives room and freedom for the person receiving that word to test it and weigh it and discern whether or not it's from God. There is room and freedom to evaluate Lots of damage has been done in the body of Christ, and maybe some of you have experienced this. Lots of damage has been done in the body of Christ in the past when people have released prophetic words in very Old Testament ways, in very authoritative ways, pointing out people's sins, making you know these thus says the Lord kind of pronouncements and declarations. I mean, no wonder people, some people run for cover when they hear someone talking about prophecy. I mean, they've been on the receiving end of this. And, and when you're on the receiving end, and, and I have occasionally been on the receiving end of that kind of prophecy, when you're on the receiving end of that, you feel like you're being controlled and manipulated. That's not how prophecy is to function. That's not how it's to be, it's to be practiced. From Paul's perspective, a prophetic word should be given in such a way that the person receiving it has the freedom to test it and weigh it and hold on to what's good, and dismiss what isn't. They have the freedom to discern whether or not they believe this is from God. Which again, takes the pressure off. Takes the pressure off. So anytime anytime we're on the the receiving end of a prophetic word, we need to test and weigh it. Anytime. 
For me, that means just kind of sitting on it a while. A lot of times I'll, you know, if I can, I'll write it out um, and, and, and sit on a while, maybe pray for it for a week or two, see if it resonates with me. I've had plenty of prophetic words spoken to me that didn't resonate at all. Messages or pictures or whatever didn't resonate at all. That's okay. You can let it, I can, you know, you can let it go. And yet there are other times, there are other pictures, there are other words people gave or scriptures that totally resonate with me. Sometimes it was immediate. Other times it was a while later and that word came back to me and I realized it was right on. From three months ago, man, it was right on. So God can help us discern whether or not a prophetic word is from him. Now don't, don't assume it's from God just because the person who said it is someone you discern as prophetically gifted. Don't just assume it's from God just because the person is prophetically gifted. No matter who speaks a prophetic word, test and weigh it. Scripture commands that we test and weigh it. Prayerfully evaluate to see if it's from God. If it is, hold on to it, as Paul says. If it's not, let it go. Here's the image that I kind of picture when I, when I read Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Imagine there's, there's a bowl of, of sand, and in that sand are some precious things, some jewels or other treasures or whatever. So, so you dip your hands in the sand, right? And you grab hold and then you bring your hands out. What happens to the sand? It falls away. What's left is the treasure. And you hold on to that. There was plenty of stuff that fell away, but you held on, you hold on to the treasure. And that's how the prophetic is to be treated when it's given to us. We hold on to what we sense is from the Lord. And we let go of anything else. No guilt. <laughs> we just let go of anything else. Now, now, I want to reiterate what this means for all of us in terms of our growing in the prophetic, our growing in praying prophetically for people. It means we don't have to be perfect in our hearing. We do not have to be perfect in our hearing. It means we can begin to wade into this, and I'm going to talk about that in just a couple minutes, how we wade into it. We can wade into this without feeling like we have to be certain that we're hearing from God. And if we're not certain, we're not going to share it. No, we, we, this totally takes the pressure off. Totally takes the pressure off. Okay, so what would it look like for us to wade into this? What would it look like for us to grow in the prophetic? Before I answer that, I want to reiterate something Paul implies in 1 Corinthians 14. Um, and, and because I think some of you who are sitting there, ah, oh, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. And I, I want you to just listen, okay? Listen, because I believe this is for you. For all of us, I believe what Paul is saying here is that all of us can prophesy. Remember, he tells us all to eagerly desire this. Now, some people will be really good at this. They will be really good at this. And th those are people who have the spiritual gift of prophecy. They function at a higher level than the rest of us. But that doesn't mean that the rest of us can't prophesy. I mean, just because someone has the gift of evangelism doesn't mean that the rest of us can't evangelize, right? I mean, just because someone has the gift of mercy doesn't mean the rest of us can't be growing in mercy. And in a similar way, just because some have a gift of prophecy doesn't mean that the rest of us can't experience this and that the rest of us can't grow in our ability to prophesy. Paul clearly wants everyone to be growing in this. And it's no wonder why. 
It's no wonder why. When functioning correctly, prophecy brings, as Paul says, it brings encouragement, strength, and comfort to people. Why wouldn't we all want to grow in this? I mean, imagine you praying prophetically for your children or your spouse or your friends or your coworker. Imagine the blessing this could be to them. A few weeks ago, all of our kids were home, which is kind of unusual now that we have two in, in college. And, and so we took an hour one evening before one of them had to go back. We took an hour one night and we just prayed this way for each other because we're all kind of trying to grow in this. And so we started with one, one person as the prayee and the rest of us just listened to the Lord for a few minutes. And then we shared with this person what we thought the Lord was saying. Um, and, and, and then we would pray into that. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, what I mean by that. And then another person, we're, again, we were focused on this person, but another person, so we, five, five, seven minutes just listening and sharing what we felt like the Lord was saying. And then we, we prayed into that. And then the next person, our family, and we did that same thing for them. It was really cool. Um, and, and, and it was so natural. Prophecy isn't intended to be this hyped up, authoritative, weird thing. It's not. It's something that all of us can grow in. All of us can do this. All of us can grow in this. In fact, what we're really talking about is listening prayer. That's what we're talking about, listening prayer. If the word prophecy makes you nervous, fine, just use the phrase listening prayer because that's what we're talking about. We're we're talking about when praying for someone else, rather than immediately jumping in to their needs and what they told you their prayer requests were and all that, rather than immediately jumping in to what we think we're supposed to pray for, what if we just waited for a couple minutes, waited to speak for a couple minutes, we just waited and we invited the Holy Spirit to bring to mind anything he might have for this person. I mean, that's all this is, really. It's being attentive to the voice of the Spirit as we pray for someone and then sharing with them whatever we sense the Lord's saying. Okay, so let's talk about how we can grow in this, how we can practice this with others. Let let me walk us through a really simple process that any of us can use when wanting to pray prophetically for someone or wanting to do listening prayer with someone. First step, be attentive to the Spirit. Quiet your heart, listen to the Holy Spirit. So often when praying with someone, we immediately jump into praying out loud for their requests or whatever, and we miss an opportunity to listen to see if God has something for this person. So instead of doing that, just take a few moments and be attentive to the Spirit. Pay attention to any thoughts or words or pictures or scriptures that come to mind. And as I mentioned last week and in the book, these may initially feel like fleeting thoughts, that they're easily ignored. They come completely out of the blue. They could easily be ignored. And and the deal is to pay attention to them. Don't ignore them. Pay attention to these thoughts. See if they begin to gain traction in your soul. See if those pictures become clearer or the phrase becomes stronger in your heart. So pay attention. First step. Step two is to simply tell the person what you're hearing seeing, or sensing. And if you feel like you know the meaning of it, share that as well. 
Sometimes around here, we refer to this as the release, releasing a prophetic word. Um, and how we release a word, how we release a word is so important. Because sometimes someone will have a legitimate word from God or a picture or whatever from, for another person, but the way they release it does more harm than good. Because they release it in a harsh way or in an authoritative way. God told me you're supposed to quit your job or whatever. In a way that comes across as as controlling or manipulative. And it doesn't give room for the person to test and weigh it. So how we we share this is so important. Okay, so how do we release a word to someone? Well, the key is to do it in love. Do it lovingly. Remember how Paul begins this discussion in, in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. In fact, in chapter 13, he says, if I have the gift of prophecy and I can do, you fathom all mysteries and all that, but don't have love, I'm nothing. Remember that chapter? His point is the prophetic without love is meaningless. We have got to follow the way of love. This is the rock bottom foundation for this whole area. Be loving. And one of the best ways to be loving in this area of the prophetic is to be tentative in how you release a prophetic word. So instead of saying, God told me, or thus says the Lord, or whatever, instead say something like, hey, as I was just praying right now, this phrase or this picture came to my mind. I think it may be from the Lord, but I want to encourage you to test and weigh this. And then just share. Here's what I saw. And here's what I think it means. Notice how, how I was tentative in doing that. It wasn't God told me this. It was, hey, this is what I think the Lord's saying. Why don't you test and weigh this? That's, I mean, do you hear the difference there? Rather than, again, being authoritative, we, instead of being loving, we're just acknowledging we, not, we may not be hearing correctly. And we're giving freedom for this person to test and weigh whatever we're saying to them. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, sometimes we will just get a picture or a phrase and we won't know what it means. <laughs> um, it, it's okay to just say that. Um, hey, th- you know, this is the picture that came to mind. I have no idea what this means. It's totally okay to say that because they may know the meaning immediately. In fact, a friend of mine was praying. He tells this story. A friend of mine was praying, for, a pastor friend. He was pay- praying in a group for someone and uh, he kept hearing the phrase as he was and he was kind of growing in this whole area, so he was a little hesitant to share anything, but he kept hearing the phrase, tell her to go to the pajama party. And he kept hearing this. And he was like, I'm not, I'm not telling her that. <laughs> no way, I'm not doing that. And he said, that's nuts, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But he kept just hearing this. He just kept feeling the weight of this, that, it, that he kept being stronger in his heart, but he kept resisting because he didn't want to look like an idiot. Finally, there were three or four people praying for this woman. Finally, another person in the group said, I'm hearing this phrase, you need to go to a pajama party. And, uh, and then my friend said, hey, I heard that, I heard that too. Uh, he didn't want to be left out, right? Um, but, but, it, but, but it turns out this woman had been, had been praying about and trying to decide whether or not to go to a, woman, a women's retreat. And the theme of the retreat was pajama party. And, and so sometimes you may not know the meaning of what you're hearing. That's okay. Just say it. This is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing this phrase. I don't know what it means. And the person may look at you and say, okay. And, uh, you know, and, and it may not be from the Lord. Or they may say, oh, wow, that relates to this and this and this. But we won't know unless we say it, right? We won't know unless we share it. 
Other times, so you may not know sometimes, other times you may know. Like my salmon vision I had, um, immediately, when I saw the image of the salmon, I, almost immediately I felt like I knew what it meant. I mean, the more I thought about it, the clearer it became. And so I just kind of sat on that for a minute or two. But the more I thought about it, the clearer it became. And I, I felt this, this is, this is, I think, what the Lord is saying here. And, and so I, I, I shared it with, with him. So if you feel that you do know the meaning of what you're seeing, do share it with them. But again, in a tentative way, hey, this is what I think this means, but you test and weigh it. And again, that gives them the freedom to, to weigh it. You, you may have the picture right. You may be seeing a picture. You may have the picture right, but the interpretation of what it means may be wrong. And so always be gentle. Always be tentative. Let the person test and weigh it. That's the loving thing to do. And then a third step that we like to use around here is to pray into whatever you've seen or heard. What I mean by that is after, after you've shared what you feel like the Lord is bringing to your mind, Take a moment and pray into that. So, for instance, again, in my meeting with this young man, I shared the, this picture, the salmon, and then I, I shared what I thought it meant, and then I just prayed into it. I said, you know, I, I thank you, God, that, that even though my brother feels like he's swimming upstream, you are getting him exactly where he needs to be. Um, and so I just think it's important, whenever you share a prophetic word, take a moment and pray into whatever you're hearing. And then you can go on and, and do some more listening or whatever. But at that moment, here's the word. Here's what I think it means. Let me just pray into that. Two or three sentences. It can be very quick, but pray into that. So we're taking the words we think are from the Lord, and then we're, we're, we're um, driving them home to the heart with the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so what do we do with all this? Let, let, let me offer two really practical next steps because I want us to do something with this, okay? I don't want us just here and then, oh, that was kind of interesting. I want us all to practice this. Um, so here, let me, two practical next steps. First of all, if you're able to attend Quiet Waters this Thursday night and Friday, I encourage you to do so because there will be lots of time for just being in the Lord's presence. Lots of time to be attentive and listen. And not only that, every attender is going to be signed up for a listening prayer time, a prophetic prayer time on Friday afternoon. And during that time, we already have teams of people. A team of people are going to be praying prophetically for you for like 15 minutes. It's an amazing experience. I still remember things that were prayed over me a few years ago in a, in a session like this. It's so encouraging to realize God knows you. And he loves you. It's it's amazing experience. So that's a part of Quiet Waters. Encourage you to, if you're able to take off work on Friday, um, please be a part. A second step, as it relates to the prophetic, is this: try it. <laughs> try it when praying for someone with or for someone. Instead of jumping into praying for their request, take a few moments and be quiet. Try it this week. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and then be attentive to whatever's coming to your mind. And if something comes to your mind, just share it with the person. Share what you think the Lord is saying. Don't be afraid and don't feel foolish. We grow in these things by practicing. You don't learn to water ski by staying in the boat and watching other people water ski. You don't. You, you learn by getting out on the water. So my encouragement to you is to get out on the water. In fact, for those of you in more small groups, I encourage you to do the practical exercise that we have put at the end of your, your time this week. There's a practical prayer time. Um, we explain it in the notes, and it's a simple way in a safe environment to begin growing in this. Again, that's how we learn. We learn by doing it, by trying it. 
Now, I realize this is one of those areas that for many of us, it feels like a risky, uncomfortable thing. I totally get that. I get that. But remember what we've been saying all along. The Holy Spirit does his best work in us when we're willing to step out of our comfort zone. That's when he does his best work. When we're willing to step out of our comfort zone, when we're willing to get out of the boat and try something new. And of course, we must always remember what's at stake. The privilege of being the Holy Spirit's instrument to bring encouragement, comfort, and strength to another person. You get to be God's instrument in another person's life. If, if we never share what we think God has placed in our heart, if we never listen and then never share what we think the Lord has placed in our heart, it keeps a huge blessing from being multiplied in that person's life. They miss a blessing because we're afraid of looking foolish or whatever. So let, let's take seriously Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians to not treat prophecy with contempt. Let's take seriously his words in 1 Corinthians 14. Be eager to prophesy. Be eager to prophesy. Let's pray together. I want to encourage us at all of our campuses to quiet our hearts in prayer. And I want to encourage you just initially here, just do a check-in with the Lord. Where are, you, where are you at? Maybe you've heard some things you have never heard before. And maybe you're freaking out a little bit. That's okay. But there's no need to freak out. This is all in the book. It's in the Bible. And it's something God wants us to grow in. So for those who are freaking out, Lord, I just want to pray peace in their heart. And that they could go home and look at these passages for themselves. And that you would begin stirring in their heart an openness to try this. Lord, there are others here who are, who are eager, who are excited about what they've heard. And they're ready. They want to grow in this. And I want to pray. I want to pray for them that you would stir up this, this listening prayer capacity in all of our hearts for spouses to do this with one another, for parents to pray prophetically for their children, for friends or, and, and people in Bible studies to pray this way. From, I pray for more groups this week as they're, they're gonna practice this at the end of their time together just to, to wade into this a little bit. I, I pray you would help us grow in this. And God, I am so excited to think about the hundreds and thousands of people that could be impacted as we release this blessing in the lives of other people, into the hearts of other people. And I want to pray as well for your, for your grace over how we do this, that, that love would be our motivation. Love would be our driving motivation. Love and humility that we would, if when we hear, we would release things tentatively and humbly and not in a way that's controlling and manipulative and authoritative. I pray just for love to cover this whole area. So help us grow. Help us grow in this, Lord. So Holy Spirit, now as we... Um, 
as we prepare to just spend the next few minutes worshiping you and opening our heart to you. We pray that we would be attentive to you. Maybe there's something that you want to lay on our heart for a person sitting in front of us or a person in our family. And so we we pray, Lord, that you would help us be attentive. And then if maybe at the end of the service, we just approach a person and say, this may sound weird and you can test and weigh this, but this is what I saw or this is what I'm sensing or I'm seeing. That you would just help us even now to grow in this. To grow in this. So why don't we stand at all of our campuses? Stand. Let me remind you that intercessors are available around the room. They're wearing red lanyards. If you'd like to receive prayer at any point during this, this worship time, just slip out of your seat and go to one of these folks. They'd love to pray with you. Father, we pray. I pray for these intercessors. You would, you would use them to pray over people. And if you want anyone here to receive prayer, that you would prompt us to do that. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence your love, your voice. We, we open our heart to you and we want to love on you and, and worship you, Jesus. So set us free to do that right now.